At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I may be, I watched too many Chalance Royale matches this week, and uh, that's it. I'm joined by uh, Mike. What's up, Mike? I I was going to say that that was a pretty powerful trill coming out of you. Thanks. Uh, that was pretty powerful. Uh, hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Uh, you know, it's gotten really cold out, like surprisingly cold for this time of year. Like we're going to get below freezing already, which kind of surprised me. But, you know, I also have watched some Chalance Royal matches and she should be all elite. So, you know, y- y- your attention is not uh, wasted, I would say. Aaron, how are you? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Um. Nate, yeah. your favorite wrestler with a singing gimmick. Okay. Wrestlers with singing. You got the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. You got Aiden English. Sure. You got the Joe Hendry. Does, I think. Does, does he have a singing it, gimmick? Brit Rest is guy he real? Who, was, who was signed to Ring of Honor, uh, but never appeared, I think. Elias. Um, so it's none of them. Elias, not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it's Jeff the up girls. It's the fucking up up girls. <laughs> <laughs> silly question. Sorry. I mean, that's not. I mean, maybe maybe they're disqualified because that's not a gimmick, as Cody Rhodes would say. That's real. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which that's member not some of fake wrestling shit? Um, it, I mean, it's either it's either Noah or Mew. Yeah. I mean, I like I like Raku too, but uh, you know, Mew and and Noah both making big waves recently um you know but it's pretty common to be a uh, tokyo joshi pro wrestler and and make big waves across the world oh you're exactly right uh one wait am i supposed to do we spoil dark on this show i think we can spoil the youtube shows right also they they posted all over their own twitters about it so yeah one may saruga 
is in the United States, folks. So that's exciting for the month that she'll be on dark and never on anything else. Yeah, well, uh, better to be, I suppose, uh, on dark for a month than be Riho and be on dark for a year and a half. Your, your whole fucking life. Yeah. Um, Mike. That's right, folks. We're getting right back into it. <laughs> Mike, uh, All your these complaints favorite, we've heard before. Your favorite singing gimmick for a wrestler? Well, in a little promotion called Dragon Gate, there's a character called wow. Karaoke Machine. Do you we know, all really are on our one, bullshit this week. Yes, have you heard are. this Dragon Gate, Aaron, before? No. Okay, I'm not. No. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to help us out, Mike, because we don't know. Um, Does one have ever... to open it to be good? Well, one would say that that's the only gate that's forbidden right now. Ooh. <laughs> Unless you're pro wrestling Noah, I think. Yeah, but that's Nosawa. And really, uh, do we have Nosawa the time? Has, he has a skeleton key to all gates. I mean, Nosawa makes moves. Uh, we, I could spend the next hour just talking about the greatness of Nosawa Rongai and his business acumen, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, no, my favorite of Up Girl Nate, as you were about to say, I think you were about to ask there, Raku. Okay. Well, I'm glad she's being represented um, uh, on the podcast here because, of course, when we met the Up Girls, Aaron, uh, you selected me and I selected Noah when we were getting our special prize winning autographs. So Mike's got a record covered. So that's great. Three of them. Uh, and they've each got a fave. I actually, I actually selected Raku when we met the, uh, when we met the Up Up Girls. Oh shit. You're oh, right. You did. Fuck. <laughs> we have to fight now. We're going to have to fight. It's okay. Yeah. I'll, I can take, I'll I definitely take thought, I, I definitely fine. thought you picked Mia. Okay. Okay. Well, what happened was well that's i think that's probably you know me me is the red she's kind of like the the main protagonist character of the unit and you're our, the host of the show i think it's you had just picked noah or i don't know there was just like i felt like raku had to be the pick in the moment and it worked out uh we had a very difficult conversation between two people who did not speak each other's languages mm. uh, so i had a great talking to, to hikari noah um uh, we agreed. Ethan Yon, Ethan hmm. Yon, right? Because we were going to be at the, sure, the one yeah. four show. Absolutely. Um, we did a high touch. <laughs> this is pre-COVID, is, folks. Which is Japanese for high five. Um, and yeah, there, uh, that's all I remember. Shocking. Now looking back, I was going to say shockingly, Raku didn't Kentucky didn't mean anything to her. But now that I think about it, actual shockingly, that Kentucky didn't trigger like you know KFC to Raku. Very big in Japan. Oh, that's true. It's a big Christmas thing, I think. Yeah, it uh, is. But do they necessarily uh, connect it to Kentucky, or is it just like a brand unto itself? Right. It that may not that word may not mean like may not trigger anything. It's just like okay. Also, it could, they just might think of it as KFC rather than Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hard exactly. Yeah. Uh, hard to say. Well, I'm glad we've talked about our favorite singing wrestlers. Uh, mine, obviously, uh, Master P, my favorite singing <laughs> wrestler. <laughs> Not uh... <laughs> Jerry only played bass. I'm sorry, who? Jerry only. Misfits. Yeah, I don't think he's saying. Anyway, that I'm, much. I'm, okay, I'm going to double back. Uh, second place for me is ICP. When I, AEW I was does their ICP. big. Uh, when they do their big trios tournament for the trios titles, we need a team of ICP and Nosawa. Be still my heart. <laughs> I love ICP. They're very cool. Uh, okay. 
we're going to kick this show off with some news and get excited because this is podcast news, folks. Uh, this is the uh, penultimate episode of Everything Elite on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, this is episode 148. Episode 149 will be our last episode on this network. Uh, starting from episode 150, you will only be able to get this podcast on the Everything Elite uh dedicated feed whatever just like our individual feed that feed is going to stay the same if you subscribe to that feed already you're good you're going to be able to get the podcast like you always have if you don't subscribe to it now to make sure you get it uh we're also going to be using uh youtube more so subscribe to our youtube channel uh we're gonna have some new stuff on there uh and we're on you know all the all the apps so get on there uh Nothing is going to change about the show, except as Nate has pointed out, we'll probably have uh, less ads on the show, uh, no mid-roll ads and things like that uh, going forward. So that'll be exciting. But as far as your experience as the listener, uh, it should be very much the same. Uh, it's something we've been discussing for a long time and simply decided this was the right time for us to try something out on our own and uh, see how it goes. So that's it. Just make sure you're subscribed to the individual Everything Elite feed. That's it. Yeah, we That's hope you'll uh, you'll hope, uh, follow along with us to the same solo feed. Yeah, and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we're on, if you're not just doing the feeds, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. We're now on Audible, I discovered. I got us on Audible today. Uh, Does that make us... Uh, authors now? Are we technically audiobook authors? This is a book. Well, yes. Yeah, I think this is a book now. Yeah, we're now technically authors. And then also Spotify and uh, looking into other things. So if you don't do it through like a podcatcher, then there's other options there. And as Aaron said, we're going to really kind of ramp up YouTube as well. So if you're someone who listens on YouTube, we have our individual YouTube page. Uh, we will have more links to that on our Twitter profile. Just go to everything AEW on Twitter and you'll find everything there. How exciting. That's all true. So uh, just stay on the ride with us. It's going to be fun. Uh, you can find us at everything AEW on Twitter. We'll, you know, I'm sure post more stuff about this on there. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, uh, subscribe. As I just said, just make sure you hit that individual feed. Even if you subscribe today, even though we're not uh, going to be uh, on the just the individual feed until I think it's November 17 is the one. It's the weekly show right after Full Gear. That'll be our first fully independent show. And we have a, a special surprise plan for that show. So get excited. Uh, Nate was momentarily unsure of what the special surprise well no it's i uh j-pop in the chat guessed what the special surprise is and that i'm i'm gonna stream final fantasy 14 for everybody and just uh not engage at all or, or chat or do any commentary or anything you can just uh you know watch me run around that's exactly right that's gonna well, be what happening. we're gonna what we're going to do is gonna be nate's gameplay and i'm gonna pull nate's gameplay while aaron and i just unrelatedly talk about that week's dynamite well, you know, friend of the show, Wicca Faze, has recently gone onto Twitch, so we can get a lot of tips, uh, perhaps, from Wicca Faze about the best ways to uh, stream things. He's not doing games or anything. He's just talking about music, uh, which, from my perspective, is cooler. If he would like to play 
I'll do a collaboration with him if we play games. I know that's oh. a huge draw. Uh, me. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I will yeah, say. It does, it does amuse me greatly. <laughs> I will say, uh, Wikiface has put over EE big on the Wikiface Twitch streams. So, a uh, big fan of our of our podcast and a great supporter of ours and we of his. So it's uh, very mutually exciting. Uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating interview. Going to be even more important now, folks. We need more people to find us. So, you know, help us out in that endeavor. Uh, and of course, the best way to support the show, if you'd like to, is head over to patreon.com slash everything elite. Nothing's going to change about Patreon either. So um, jump over there. Okay, let's uh, do what we do on this show. We're going to talk about our most favorite and least favorite things from the show in a little segment we call Elite or Delete. Nate, what was your favorite thing from this week's episode? Well, Aaron, my favorite uh, segment from this episode of Dynamite was the big Codyism match. Codyism is back. Everybody get back on board. Andrade, El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes uh, with the tablet guy and with Arn Anderson at ringside. Uh, I don't know what it was. As soon as – no, I do know. There were, there were two things that immediately got me excited about this match. Uh, Juan Andrade, pretty good music. Uh, and he just starts making his entrance. He starts taking off his clothes. He takes off his mask. And they shoot him, like, real tight. But I don't know. He's like – his whole upper body, his triceps, his shoulders look huge, fills the whole frame, and he's just got like a big fucking star look on his face. Uh, and I was like, yes, we were worried about Andrade for a little bit. They had some weird ideas with the, with Vicky Guerrero, with Chavo Guerrero Jr., uh, and he didn't have a you know great first couple of outings. Uh, but he came out here, and I feel like we, we got him on the rails now. We've got the guy who has the potential to be a big star and you can just fucking see the confidence in this guy. Even when he's just walking to the ring, he fills up the frame of the camera like a big star. So that immediately got me hyped about this. Uh, and then Cody Rhodes make, making his big ace entrance. Uh, and I just, I was struck. I've heard it, you know, we've heard it many times now, but the Mikey Ruckus orchestral remix of the downstate Cody Rhodes song is so phenomenal and it gets me so hype and it, <laughs> I don't know. It's just got such a grand, like epic arena filling feeling. Uh, and yet still has like kind of that pro wrestling, but rock core at the middle of it. Uh, it it's phenomenal. It's got giant synth trumpets on it. Uh, and just hearing it, <laughs> Really put me in a mood to enjoy this match. Uh, and then I thought it was a really, really great match. Um, you know, both these guys worked hard. They had, I think, uh, unusually good chemistry. Uh, and best of all, we got a, like the classic Codyism overbooking where tablet guy gets involved. Arn Anderson's got a knockout tablet guy. FDR is hiding under the ring with the AAA tag belts of all things. They knock out Cody when he's doing a dive. Uh, this was, I think, maybe the main event. Between this and the main event was maybe the thing that the crowd reacted to the biggest. 
And during the ad break, especially the largest like dueling chance I heard of the night was let's go Cody and Cody sucks. Uh, so if he's, if he wants to be John Cena, he's, he's, you know, getting there on that. Uh, and yeah, this just exceeded my expectations a considerable amount. And I was like, yes, Andrade wins. He's like weirdly pinnacle aligned now. Uh, and then we get a pretty decent angle here with, uh, you know, Aaron facing off with Tully and the Lucha brothers running in to make the save. Most importantly, uh, in that angle, Lucha Brothers with just fantastic sweaters on. It's like, wow, sweaters sweaters can be cool. I should like go back and and tell myself when I was a child, my mother would force me to wear a sweater to the to the family Christmas or whatever. Like, no, sweaters can fucking look cool. So that's it. That's elite to me. It's something in this match that like their chemistry kind of surprised me a little bit in a way. Like there was like the sequence where. Uh, Andrade was going for Rush's double knees in the corner. Like he he's taken that and he's used that as a move of his own. And Cody popped up and did a lariat and it just looked really smooth and really awesome. And at that point, I kind of realized like, oh, this is actually a really, really good match. And it was something that to the point on the show until the main event, it was my favorite match on the show. I thought that they worked really well there. Like the the Cody, the strings and Mikey Ruckus orchestral production at downstate's what gets me i know it's the synth horns for you nate but i like hearing like the rising streams going into the chorus there really gets it going and and, and then now it, it's kind of a thing with like now cody everyone takes a step back it's the scenification of it and we're like okay how is it going to be there crowd first started to be seemingly okay and then kind of as you said uh, during the commercial break we're going more towards Andrade, and I thought this kind of all came off pretty interestingly, and I like this idea of, you have Andrade who's clearly allied with Malachi Black, and then you also have Andrade buying the services of FTR, and I really enjoy the aspect of this, that it's like the interconnectedness now of the heel uh, the heel like armies in a way, just really kind of appeals to me, and it's something that like seeing Andrade get his sea legs after like the really shaky first month here. And of course, some of that is that he got put into a great feud with pack. And now we have this, it's something that gets you more excited about this. And like you, we, we see Andrade and he's performing as our expectation of when he came into the promotion where we're like, okay, this is all really weird, but you know, Andrade is a star. It's going to rock. And then, you know, it was a couple steps back and then now it's like full force ahead. And now I kind of feel like that if he's not at like the level of anticipation of like stardom that I was when he came into the promotion, he's pr- he probably might be past it. Like it, it's something that it's just the whole entire thing is cool. And then, you know, Arn and Tolly was just one of those things. I was like, they're going to keep on doing this until one of these two guys, you know, just I, I don't want to say croaks, but like one, it, it, as long as one of these two guys are around, they're going to be doing that. So I, I really enjoyed all of it. I, I totally get why you picked this night. Are you suggesting they're destined to do this forever? I mean, th- th- there's <laughs> someone who might be destined to do things forever that might be coming in soon. Ooh. Uh, longtime listeners of the show have been here for the AB Loves Cody era. Longtime listeners of the show have been here for the AB Hates Cody era. And we have now entered the AB just doesn't really care about Cody era. I can't get excited or 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 worked up about Cody. So I'm not going to fake it. Uh, I have nothing to say about this. 
can you get worked up for the Mikey Ruckus orchestral remix of the Cody Rhodes theme song? Well, I don't want to do the... I don't want to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do, which is bitch about how long this mm, entrance was as compared to the women's match on this show, which was like Mm. half of the women's match was this entrance. Um, It, I got to say they, I'll, I'll try to listen more closely next week. It it didn't stand out to me in any real way. Hey, do that or even better, do yourself a favor. And next time you're on the exercise bike or whatever, put that on. Yeah, and just think it'll let, get it, me going. let it flow through you. It'll definitely get you going. It gets the people going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, Andrade I think also had a little more, a little more snap, a little more panache just on all those offense tonight. Like, you know, uh, he just he's just doing little idiosyncratic things in the ring where he's getting fired up after a move or whatever. And it's like, yes, this is the guy who's got the fucking personality, got the look, got the moves, got the talent, got the speed, got all of it. Um. And now, you know, they, they don't have a manager with them anymore. Uh, and, you know, he came out on the last show and cut a very strong uh, promo in English talking. So, yeah, they got him online now. Again, you know, a lot of people make the snap judgments on the talents in this company. Uh, and it's almost never the talents. It's almost always how they're presented. At first, at least. A lot of times they find out how they should be presented and they correct that, which is great. Uh but I'll never just assume that it's the talent's fault that something isn't working. Andrade is very cool. Uh, I, I mean, I think I, I think I was always pro Andrade. Uh, I certainly was anti Andrade's presentation uh, when he showed up. But yeah, I've always been an Andrade guy. It's like, I just think, you know, Cody's probably going to win this feud because he always wins his feuds. So that makes me less excited about it. Uh, but it's it's good as as Mike said to see Andrade get his sea legs under him and see him really really going in this company. Uh, it's very positive for the future. Mike, what was your favorite thing from this show? So it's not a promo, it's not a match, it's not a brawl. It's a shot that they had. It was during the MJF and Darby Allen brawl that just kind of just meandered as a lot of the brawls were tonight. It just it was not a very strong night for that and also a strong night for camera work until one moment. Until they brawled into the crowd, He uh, Darby had MJF reeling up against the barricade. He did the parting, the seas, he shouted move, and he started walking back. And they went to the camera, the fixed camera that was set up well that you could see straight down the aisle to MJF just like haggard, you know, getting his ass kicked. And then you see Darby sprint through this do a awesome clothesline they did a great cut to the impact there and mjf going ass over tea kettle over the barricade and it was something that i felt like that with something that at this point in the show i mean we were close to 9 30 we've already seen some really meandering stuff we we had some solid matches we some meandering stuff but then when, when i saw like that shot or like that sequence of shots i was like all right this is why pro wrestling is awesome because you could be able to capture something visually and you, and the fact of that, you know, for the people there live, this is the one time that really it's more beneficial to be watching at home because if you're live, you know, you, you might be trying to look for wherever they have the uh, TV feed going on in the arena. But if you're at home, you sit there and you get to see just Darby Allen just with a crazy, a crazy look on his face, a look at the termination on his face. Command everyone to get out of the way. 
then stomp up the aisle, come back, sprint all the way through. And it's something that, like, you know, a for a feud that has been kind of up and down, but it has a lot of interesting stuff with it. The fact that, like, we had, like, that moment there, like, that's something that I made. Mean, like, we still see, like, the Sammy Guevara doing the 630 uh the 630 splash from i forget who it was against there but that 630 it was against mjf actually that like uh, over the barricade from daily's place like that's in the open like this thing has to be in the open now from from now until something else crazy happens it just was one of those things that kind of took me aback and i was like wow pro wrestling really is great yeah i shouted out this shot too on on our twitter um because up to that point i was very frustrated with the camera work they you know, this feud has been like, uh, I, like technically sound, like, you know, the pieces are all there for it. Uh, you know, it makes logical sense. I think MJF is doing a pretty decent job at his promos of laying out what it's about and what he's feuding with Darby about. And it's kind of got a, a different purpose or a different, you know, theme that is taken on in terms of what they do in most of these feuds, which is like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to attack you and get under your skin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Darby's saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to let you mentally beat me or whatever. I'm just going to wrestle you and beat you. Uh, but while all this promo was happening with MJF, they kept cutting to these very tight shots of Darby in the crowd. And uh, Darby was doing his damnedest to be compelling by making facials and reacting to these MJF promos. Uh, uh, but they kept going back to him every I don't know, four seconds or something. And it was also large for the large majority of that. Very unclear where Darby was. You just had like Darby sitting shrouded in darkness uh, and couldn't tell. Like he could have been in the boiler room for all we know. Uh, and they finally gave us a wide establishing shot, but it was still very hard to tell where he was. Uh, but then they went to this where Darby comes out of the crowd. He says he's going to beat MJF's ass. Uh, and they start doing these great looking over the shoulder shots of Darby where he's approaching that big aisle uh, and, and setting up that uh, awesome run like you talked about, Mike. Um, and yeah, that really, I think, made was maybe the first thing in this feud that made me, you know, get fired up about anything or have my uh, have my emotions stirred or like, you know, be like, oh, that was cool. Because it was something you don't see on every episode of Dynamite. It was a fresh camera look it did make it seem like more of a happening in the building than just an antiseptic thing on tv or whatever uh so that was great and it pretty much was the focus of the whole segment because they were also they had like a bunch of they had like a fake sting army but it was like with paper masks um that was like they didn't even show it enough to like be annoyed that it didn't go anywhere because it was so secondary to everything else it's like hey remember when there was a bunch of stings well we're gonna do that but you're it's going to be in the background of this shot, so who even cares? Uh, so that's been kind of the story of the feud. But that run, that spot, him colliding with him over the barrier, the like pinpoint perfect cut to the other shot of him going over the barrier so you could follow the whole action uh, was great. So you're dead on about that. It would look great in the opening, uh, especially – you know, the only other time we really see like a floor shot like that where you're in with the people is like when Moxley enters and we may not, uh, you know, be seeing that in the future. Or maybe see him in the opening credits or, or opening titles. So, yes, that was awesome. Very cool moment. I would love to see, you know, like a crane shot of how that looked because, um, you know, we've got a crane in these buildings half the time. Oh, yeah. Is that either? So, yeah, great shot. 
big crane fan mike spears we need that shot <laughs> uh yeah the main thing i mean i agree with what you guys are saying but the main thing that you hit on nate was that this was the first time in the feud where i was like oh hey this is exciting that was fun which kind of sucks because these guys are both uh you know intriguing in their own ways and certainly are as mjf was talking about major focuses for the future of the company but this feud just hasn't really hit in in a in an exciting way in a compelling way so uh, that's been kind of a bummer um i i really did not like this mjf promo it was just kind of i don't know the same stuff he says all the time so it just didn't really build to this uh, i mean so the story of this match is that mjf is somehow going to break darby mentally right that's that's the story okay I think, yeah well, yeah has that has that happened or is it gonna no, happen darby, darby's not gear? gonna let it happen yeah okay darby's gonna overcome that he's the baby but, face but there hasn't been much to like even push push darby on that <laughs> i mean i don't know well yeah he brought up the thing darby talks about all the time with his right. uncle dying uh and then he attacked him in the parking garage uh, and then there was, they did a fake thing where they played Sting's music and he wasn't there, but then he was there. Is yeah. That all right. Did I get all the beats? I think you did. So I don't know. They maybe could have come up with some more stuff to break Darby mentally, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, MGF certainly had way more potent ammo in his little mini feud against Brian Pillman than he has against Darby here. Yeah. Right. For sure. That's, that's true. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer, I suppose. Uh, you'd like to... I'm not even like mad at MJF, you know, where I'm just like, ah, I can't wait to see Darby beat the shit out of this MJF. I'm just like, okay, well, see what happens here. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating because MJF is, now we're talking about something else, but MJF is insanely protected in the company. The story is built for Darby to win, uh, but it that seems unlikely <laughs> to me <laughs> that Darby's going to beat MJF. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, MJF seems like he could be a viable challenger for either title now because they're both held or they both will be held by baby faces pretty soon, we think. So it seems like he's more apt to get a big title program than Darby is at this point. Sure. Um, I will say there's, you know, a lot of Miro is maybe the first character in this company who loses the belt and then is like, I want my belt back. Most of the people lose the belt and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to move on. Like Darby has never seemed to express any, you know, intention. Like, God, I, I got to get my TNT title back. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess it's good that they're not just doing, you know, rematches endlessly. That's always a positive. Um, and maybe I'm forgetting a little, you know, line in a promo or something, but. You're right. It's. Well, it's hard to say which is the better, but it's almost like an overreaction to all the automatic, you know, uh, rematches that we've seen for years and years. But so I guess I'd prefer this to the to that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to amend because uh, Moxley did do a, a whole promo about getting back uh, on top with all these new people coming in and how he's. Yeah, got to get back to the belt or whatever. So but that was also uh, like many months you know, later after, yeah. after losing it. I'm mostly struck, I guess, by like Cody and Jericho, but that's also just what Cody always does is he just moves on and doesn't care. So it's 
Jericho's interesting. It's like, can you imagine another Jericho world title run in AEW? No. Kind of. He's kind of looking better recently. He seems like he's trimmed up a little bit. Uh, he's kind of got some of his mojo back, I think. I, I, I think you got the big title run out of him. I mean, like, he, he solidified it. And then now, you know, I mean, it seems like that... It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's also something where, like, maybe he looks so good because, you know, he got to go on the first cruise, apparently, that they had back with Royal Caribbean. Oh, not Royal Caribbean. I forgot what it was. Like, Norwegian cruises in, like, 20 months was his uh, Jericho cruise. So maybe that's why he, he's got his sea legs underneath him, Nate. That's why. <laughs> well, he it certainly he got his big run. Like, he's definitely not getting another big run. Uh, I do think you can totally give him, like, you know, I, I would argue against giving almost – everyone a gold quote-unquote gold watch reign but jericho a guy who the company was built on the back of you could absolutely give like hey you know jericho's retiring we got to give him uh you know one more thank you reign on his way out uh like who's a good example of that i don't know i can't remember last time there was really a gold belt run as of late i can't think of one no it's certainly Hmm. been a long time um, but he, that's absolutely like, uh, you know, one last hurrah for the old guy before he, you know, goes off into the sunset and you, you know, do a Ric Flair miracle win type thing where it's his career on the line, but, you know, actually build it this time instead of doing it in two weeks, like the last time. Uh, for, for my pick, I think it's my pick. I think it's my turn on this show. Uh, I'm going to pick kind of a weird one, but it's largely because, it's unexpected to be getting so much um, time and and attention. And that is this little story that they're doing with Dante Martin and Leo Rush and Matt Seidel. Uh, and now it's we got Lee Moriarty in the mix. You know, there was a lot of concern when you have Punk and Danielson and Adam Cole and everybody come in that there's all these guys that well, what are they going to do with these guys? And that's that concern hasn't like gone away whatsoever. But this is a story that is not based around any title. It doesn't feature any guy who's been a world champion or a TNT champion or any champion, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And yet, basically, every week on TV, it gets some focus. It has some heft to it. Like, it has something to be interested in about it. They had a whole thing that went sideways with Mike Seidel getting injured, and they just plug somebody else into it in a way that makes sense. Um, and it serves a great purpose. It's not just like, you know, <laughs> whatever's going on with Bobby Fish. Not going to talk about, I'm a, not going to talk about Bobby Fish on this episode, but it like, oh, we're also serving up Dante Martin, who is a big star in this company in the end. Uh, if you don't listen, I, although I think Mike and I did this on Dynamite one of the weeks, it was just us, but if you're not a patron, you got to go listen. You got to subscribe to listen to Nate and me on our Rampage Review World Tour uh, this past week, where we just went insane about uh, Dante Martin. So if you're a big Dante Martin fan, or if you're a Dante Martin doubter, you should listen and, and find out why you're wrong. But I love this story. It's very exciting. It's building very slowly, but in a in a way that's fun, like to keep watching it go. I don't know exactly where it ends up, uh, but... Everything about it's fun to watch. So that's my elite for this week. Yeah, this was uh, a successful segment here. 
Uh, and I totally agree with what you're saying about how it's just nice to have this story and have it be executed pretty well um, with these guys in it. Cause these are all guys that we want to see more of. I think, uh, you know, when Dante Martin first had his couple breakout matches, I said, you know, I hope Dante Martin isn't like, you know, a half dozen other guys where it's like he does something great and we see him and he seems like he's got so much p- potential and then he's not on TV for another, you know, four and a half months. Uh, but no, they've definitely honed in on this and focused on it. Um, and adding Lee Moriarty is like, oh, it just got even better. Now we've got another exciting young guy that we can see get some reps on television and see develop uh, and see what he's got as far as connection to the audience. Uh, and I think they're getting a lot out of this. And this is, you know, I think I'm guessing what's kind of motivating this is that it seems like Tony's like genuinely a big Leo Rush fan uh, and feels confident in him in this spot. Um, and that's great. Uh, but, you know, Matt Seidel, I wouldn't his doing like backstage acting character kind of stuff like this has not always been one of his strong suits, but I think he's been uh, totally successful here. You believe him when he's just doing like, I'm frustrated about Leo Rush, uh, you know, interceding here on what I had going on with Dante, who I was trying to help out out of the goodness of my heart. Um, so having him on the other side of it is like bringing Matt Seidel along in a way and making him more featured that, I, you know, I don't know that I was ever expecting when he came into this company. He came in as a joker in a battle royale uh, and it was like, oh, you know, he's a great hand to have. He's a great guy to have on dark and, you know, he's a he's a trainer and he's can be working with the young guys and all this stuff. Um, but this is the most focus he's got in the promotion. And that's also been great because he's a great wrestler. So, yeah, I think this is uh, good to see. Yeah, this just rocks like all the way. Like this was a great way to kind of like, yeah, Lee Moriarty. He had the match with Bobby Fish on the Rampage buy-in a couple weeks back. But really just it, it's a great way to kind of further introduce him into a storyline more onto national television. And it's something that like with a combination of these four guys with Leo, Dante, Matt, and, uh, and uh, Lee, you have a lot of like really intriguing possibilities here that like, there's a lot of permutations you can have. Like, yeah, we have the proposed tag match as Seidel Moriarty versus Martin and rush. Like the, like that's awesome. And then you have like the idea of eventually having, Matt Seidel getting his hands on Leo Rush for manipulating Dante Martin. They, they've already done great jobs with Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. And now you have Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin as a possible match. You have Leo Rush versus Don, uh, Lee Moriarty here. And it just, it serves everyone well. Like that's like the great thing about this feud is that no one is going to come out of this feud worse for wear or look worse out of it. Like it's something that it's a great use of, leo rush right now and it builds up anticipation for leo rush to finally have that match and then you know matt seidel as nate said like like was in a uh, interesting position and when, when he came in here it was like all right that's cool matt seidel's here like he like he's tight like that's good but now we're like seeing like a deepening of like how he's kind of changed as he's been in the promotion and then you have lee moriarty who is like one of the real breakout stars of the COVID indies now in the company and it's just the, it's just a win across the board and then of course, we see what happens when Darius Martin, Dante's brother, gets better, and we have the idea of like, okay, what's going to have a top flight in this? So there's a lot of ways to go from it, and it's really intriguing. So I totally get why you're bought into this, Aaron, because I'm bought into this as well. Nate, you mentioned, I think, on 
World Tour about Darius seeming to just be genuinely happy uh, for Dante. You know, I guess just some people talking like, oh, is he jealous? Like, like his brother has really uh, blown up during all this. And not long after that, like I must have gone to his uh, Twitter page and his top tweet was like, my brother is my favorite wrestler in the world. But I mean, it's just like, oh no, this is just like a genuinely sweet guy who's just so happy that his brother is showing out. So uh, very cool to see. All right. Uh, our listener elite of the week, if you want to be featured on this part, you just sign up for our Patreon, join our Discord. We do an elite or delete channel in the Discord during each show. Uh, Drew 101, uh, their elite is Kenny Omega's. A line in his post-match promo after the Al Angels match where he says, you ruined my career, <laughs> which was a very funny line. Uh, and Drew was also saying that he really liked the match and the entire post-match segment. Yeah, I thought this match was a unusually strong opener um, for the show. I think maybe that's just because it was 10 minutes long and I was like, oh, great. A 10-minute 10, a 10 hot opener with a big star on the first thing against another underneath guy. That's like kind of the perfect uh perfect mix for me the perfect compromise of their thing where they want to go oh well we don't we want to put our big stars on and our exciting matches on first because we want to pop that first quarter hour and and have people tune in right away uh, and have the energy up in the building or whatever um and then they also want to have very long matches all the time and you know want to have very competitive matches all the time and this was like the perfect blend of like Oh, you got a big guy out there, but he's against an underneath guy. But there's also a story here. So the underneath guy kind of benefits from being in this situation. It's not like, you know, he's just out there to lose and look bad or whatever. He's actually going to get more over from this. Uh, and it was like the perfect length match. You get a 10-minute win, which is decisive, uh, and you move on. And it kind of sets up the thing with Hangman Page, which was at the end of the last show. Now it's the beginning of this show. Uh, a good opener and a, a good pacing to that, especially, I thought. Yeah, this was just really awesome. I think Alan Angels really does great in these kind of roles. He's someone that whenever he's on darker elevation, I feel like he kind of like uh, he kind of stands out. And you know, Kenny Omega playing this in here and playing up their match from last year, I, I thought this was an absolute win. And then like Hangman, the way that Hangman came in there and the way that they kind of teased that buckshot lariat ruled. So yeah, no, this rocked. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing about. Oh man, this is it where you have the big star and you know he's going to win, but you give somebody who, you know, in this particular instance, there was a very specific reason why it could be competitive and you understood that it was competitive. And they're putting over on commentary. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just a guy that just has your number or whatever who's like just able to compete with you and you wouldn't expect it, which was a great. Little, that's like that's actually a sports story, you know, to tell of like sometimes there's some guy who, you know, has hit whatever, fifteen for thirty-five off of whoever, uh, you know, even though they're a two twenty hitter or, you know, pretend whatever you want to about that. But yeah, so this rocked. It was a lot of fun. And Kenny's little promo after it was also funny. So a good time was had by all. Uh something else that can't be a good time is if you go hang out with our friends over at mybookie.ag. I don't know about you, Mike, but I did use the NBA lock of the season 
last week. Uh, got my free $25 bet in on uh, the Mavericks and the Nuggets, and somebody just had to score to win. Did you get in on this? Oh, you know I did. I mean, Absolutely. it was something that they they do all these kind of great bets at my bookie doing these lock bets like that. And it's one of the things like one of my favorite ones was that one because it's like, oh, yeah, of course, like someone's going to score this. This game's going to happen. So you're going to score yeah, it that's and with right. my bookie with my bookie. It makes it so easy. And you know what I did with that weddings, Aaron? Let's hear it. I went right in because this weekend is the world championships of League of Legends, and it's also wow. the Mexican Grand Prix. So you know what what bet I what I made for the Mexican Grand Prix? Just because I have a feeling this week, Aaron. Let's hear it. I went on Sergio Perez Checo to win really? this race. Hometown guy, you know, wow. plus twelve hundred, and the Red Bulls run really well in Mexico City. So you could bet on that. You can bet on League of Legends. That I was talking about Dan Juan Kia versus uh, Edward Gaming this weekend. So I mean, That's like my squad. yeah, I mean, right now uh, the over under. So it's best of five, Aaron. The over under on how many maps this is going to go three and a half. Y- your oh. boys are favored. Uh, uh, they have a minus one point five uh spread there if you're going to be doing the spread there or an over under and three and a half it looks like that Dan Juan Kia might go back to back this week your boys might do it again wow. who's your favorite player on Dan Juan Kia back Aaron. to back um is it Showmaker or is it Canyon well who better obviously I'm a Canyon guy I mean one of the best junglers in the world do you know what a jungler does in League of Legends Aaron uh yeah they so like a lot of these games when you're talking about your maps sometimes you end up too far off the map and you end up in the jungle so this guy's really great at fighting his way back to the main part of the map where everybody else is i thought that was pretty good i thought he was he was was borderline gonna get it there for a second (laughs) you you know what if you're playing horseshoes aaron that's a leaner that's a leaner you know nice um i'm proud of you buddy the, the one thing we haven't done is say our code, which I think is maybe the most important part of these ad reads. So <laughs> if, if you want to go to my bookie, actually, I'm sorry. I keep saying mybookie.ag, but the boys got mybookie.com. So it's real shit. Go to mybookie.com. Use the promo code elite. Uh, they will instantly double your first deposit. So they use the promo code elite. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Okay, let's talk about stuff we didn't like. Weird show because it was hard for me to pick out like things I really didn't like, but it definitely had bad vibes at times. So I'm, I'm interested, Nate, in your delete pick. Um, yeah, I don't know if it had bad vibes. I was debating between a couple of things here, but honestly, I everything in the product, everything that AEW put out there, I thought was pretty good and successful. So I was debating and coming on here and maybe for the first time ever, deleting the crowd for not being wow. appropriately. Um, that was kind of my leading candidate. It, they got hotter as the show continued, I think, or maybe they just fixed the sound mix or something. Um but in particular, like that that super click and, and Jurassic Express segment, like kind of felt like it was dying a death. Um, so that was one idea I had. I had another thing. It's kind of thorny. I didn't know if it was <laughs> I wanted to get into it. Or not. You're just like you're just going through a couple of ideas that you had. Well, 
Yeah, I'm I'm counting on somebody to talk me into doing the thorny one, so then I can uh, okay, you know, uh, 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 dissipate my own responsibility. All right, okay, do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, so CM Punk comes out and cuts Uh-oh. and it first says a very nice thing about John Moxley, which was also said by Caliber at the top of the show. Uh, you know that they're wishing the best for him. If you missed it, John Moxley, uh, you know, went into an uh, inpatient recovery program for alcohol. Um, and you know, AEW's like, we'd fully support him. You know, we're going to be there for him. Uh, CM Punk comes out and, you know, talks at length about, you know, how, how proud he is of him and how courageous of him it is to do this. And, um, you know, has the crowd chant his name and everything. That's all great. You know, nobody's going to argue that, uh, you know, especially because CM Punk has taken John Moxley's role of being like the baby face voice of the company now and being like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm the John Cena here. I'm going to tell you, you know, what's exciting on the show. And I'm also going to tell you that we at AEW fully support John Moxley. So that's all great. Uh, and great that, you know, John Moxley's getting the help that he needs. Uh, but after this, after CM Punk does this whole discussion about, I know what it was like to be on the road for too long and feel like you had to keep coming back into work just because it was the manly or tough thing to do. Uh, even when you were hurt or even when you were having problems, I know what all of that is like. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a failing. That's not a, that's not a human failing or a personal problem. That's, you know, just something that, uh, you can ask for help. And, and, and that was everything that I was talking about. And then he goes, now I'm going to talk about Eddie Kingston, who was on the program last week talking about how he takes Zoloft. And then CM Punk comes out and is like, Eddie Kingston didn't show up this week. And the whole thing that he's getting heel heat on Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston didn't come to work. Eddie Kingston took his ball and went home. And it was like, did you just listen to everything you just said? You were just talking about how, you know, uh, people will need to not show up and not be on the road and go home and take care of themselves. And that was everything you're talking about. And now you're using it on Eddie Kingston for heel heat. Um, That was silly to me. That was just like, can you find another angle to to push this thing with Eddie Kingston? That's not about the fact that he didn't show up to this show. Because anything else would have made more sense to me. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E3. 30. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. 
Yuffie sent me a SmartLock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill yeah, it, it was kind of incongruous. Like you had the the genuine and heartfelt uh, statements uh, and like feelings about John Moxley, and then immediately like attacking Moxley's partner, you know, <laughs> and talking about like especially with like what you mentioned about like Eddie being open about his mental health and all of that. It's just I, I I totally get how it came off that way, and it's something that there are ways that, that I felt like there was a way to do this. And then like he brought up, like not being in the eliminator tournament saying like, I, I couldn't enter this cause I had to settle my business here. And it's like, well, Eddie's not here and you aren't ranked in the top five. They made a big point of saying Miro was ranked in the top five. So why would he be put into the tournament to begin with over Miro? So it, it, it was something that like this promo, like I totally get where you're coming from here, Nate, where like genuine, incredibly heartfelt moving statement there and especially given the wrestling industry and thoughts also about like masculinity toxic masculinity and all of that being able to like really give a heartfelt uh, statement there and then it just kind of went off the rails there it was the eddie part and the uh, eliminator part so yeah no i i totally get what you're saying here yeah you know not again i'm kind of i had to find i had to go digging for something to to lead on this show uh, and so, it's not, you know, I wasn't offended. I didn't, uh, think it was in poor taste. Uh, it, it's yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was just incongruous. It's like, well, you just, now we're, it's, it's like, there was a very, there was no delineation on the show, but you as a, a viewer or as a fan or as a television wrestling watcher had to go in your mind. Oh, that was real. Now this is fake. And that was just weird. Yes. It very much was, uh, Hey, Punk, we need you to do the John Moxley thing on this show. And then Punk trying to figure out how to tie in everything to it. It kind of felt like some of those Cody promos where he tries to tie three things together, but they don't really work. And you're just like, okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, ah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough spot also to be in to like, hey, go out and talk about how this beloved guy uh, you know, we've just announced that uh, he's going into a, an impatient uh, program. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, the punker a pass on this one, uh, considering the level of difficulty. Uh, so I thought it was good. And like, have we ever had a big babyface wrestling promo about, hey, if you're struggling with, uh, you know, substance use or mental health or whatever, like the the courageous thing to do is to, uh, you know, reach out for help. I mean, it seemed kind of momentous in a way. Yeah, it was nice. It, uh, it got me in my feelings for a minute. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, and you know, the straight edge guy coming out to talk about uh, how proud he was of his, uh, well, I wouldn't, I'm not sure that they're friends, but you know, the guy he knows uh, who's struggling with substance issues, I thought was also nice. Um, and of course, we uh, we echo all those things. If anybody who's listening is struggling with such things. Um, I was looking around for good, uh, good resources and uh, I didn't have nobody wanted to help me wanted to give me very good uh options but i know that aw was putting out information from uh the substance abuse and mental health services administration although it's a you know government thing so i don't know i'm not telling you that i know this is helpful uh but it is a service that exists 1-800-662-HELP 4357 so uh you know failing that reach out to someone uh, that you know that loves you and cares for you. And there are people that love you and care for you and uh, they can point you in the right way. If all else fails, shoot me a DM and I will, uh, I will help you personally. So that's it. Okay. Uh, Mike, ah, man, what, what are you going to delete? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm struggling. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I, I it, think we all know the thing that was kind of the worst thing on the show. Right, yeah, so. we do, we do. Uh, it, I, I just, you know, like that's something that I. It's hard to talk about that because it feels like that that a lot of the show and a lot of like plans are have kind of changed now, in in light of what all, uh, with John Moxley entering uh inpatient care, like it does feel like that 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 he was going to figure in greatly over the next few weeks so it does kind of have that feeling on the show and a lot of it kind of was like reformatted for that like i did see that sean ross Sapp said that miro flew in today and they didn't know if he was gonna get to the arena on time for this uh for the match that he had against orch cassidy up uh, I, I this is tough like i'm really trying like really trying to reach for it uh i i guess like the thing that i'm just gonna go with the th- the match that kind of disappointed me the most i I wanted to see more of Jimmy Hader versus Anna J. And I know that's like a constant refrain that we have here, but I I felt like Anna J like looked a lot better here than she did in her title match against Burt Baker. Or was that title or non-title match? But against her match against Burt Baker nonetheless. And the fact that like something that I'm starting to track now is matches that have commercial breaks, what kind of commercial breaks are happening there, like if it's something that's that it's like set up because of the placement on the card or with like certain matches and certain people involved like this. But it was something where like, we don't get to see a lot of Jimmy hater on TV, like just naturally, like that's just kind of how things are like that. It sucks. And Anna J is someone that, that obviously they have a whole lot of stock in. I mean, she's coming back from the injury and really figuring in big into plans. And they really like built this up, like as something that like, this is a, big match in the TBS title tournament and just kind of what's going on there was the shortest match on the show. Most of it happened in a commercial break and it just was a bummer. The, the fact that this was a match I was relatively stoked for I me and Aaron, we we're talking about this morning 
like this was a match that like i was pretty excited about and it got short shrift here even with all the like even with like all the changes here they couldn't find more time for this match but like they could have had more time than the match they could have had another tbs title match our tournament match here but no no we had the other thing here so i'm just bummed about that like if i'm going to pick one thing on the show that i would delete it would be the uh kind of getting short shrift in the uh, jimmy hater and a j match yeah, it's hard for me to mirror that exactly because I do watch on fight, so I see the whole matches without the ad breaks, um, which also probably skews why I think a lot of the matches are too long. Um, but this seemed like, a, a you know, not counting the ad break because I got to see the whole match, it seemed like a, about the appropriate length to me. Um, but I will complain that they shoved in an attack angle at the end for no reason except that they just do that in every <laughs> every match or segment. Um Especially like I don't, I don't think that I missed something. But does does Brit and her crew with Jamie and Rebel have any specific problem with Anna? Because uh, it really just felt like, oh, they're a heel. She's just going to beat up the face now for no reason, except that she's a heel. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, it's actually just because we have to have some vehicle to get three other women on the show because we're not doing anything else with them. So it's like, well, then Thunder Rosa can make the save, and then Ty Con- or Ty Conti can make the save. Uh, and then they can, I'll be like, I have all the baby faces on one side and all the heels on the other side. And it's just very like basic paint by numbers, you know, not, not a lot of inspiration there, just kind of functional um, and not a lot of character depth there. It's like, well, the heels attack the baby faces. Well, why? Because they're heels. Um, and then the other baby faces make the save. Why? Cause they're baby faces, even though one of them is fighting the other one next week or in the TBS tournament. Yes. They're baby faces. So that was like, oh, whatever. You know, it's that it, it's functional. We're not going to get more thought into it than that. Yeah, I mean, the only argument for it is that, you know, of course we have the tie Brit match coming up. Uh, so, you know, I guess there's something to that. But yeah, it's it's like, it'd be one thing if you knew that was building to like a trios match between the three of them. Like, oh, that'd be exciting. But obviously that's probably not coming. Um, the positive thing I'll say about this match is, you know, I was talking about my Super 7, that's what I'm going to call them now, of the women's division, and uh, the matches are just better when one of them is involved, and Jamie Hayter bore this out perfectly by the fact that Anna Jay looked better in this match than she looked in the Britt Baker match, and, and I like Britt a lot, but uh, Jamie is quite a bit better, you know, just in the ring as a as that sort of pro wrestler. Britt is obviously a bigger star and has uh, more charisma that has gotten over to this point. Uh, Jamie is very charismatic, you know, but that's just not been the role she's been in so far. So that was good. I agree. I mean, they definitely had time for another women's match. They had time to, to uh, do more with this, but they've kind of just hurt me too many times with the women's matches. And I'm kind of just like, okay, this is, uh, this is what's happening. So I might as well, you know, learn to live with it, I suppose. Uh, Just because I looked this up, and uh, I don't know if it's interesting, but uh, Jamie and Britt, almost the same number of total matches on Cage. In their careers? In their careers. Britt's at 206, Jamie's at 214. Jamie, probably, I'm assuming, over a shorter period of time. Is that right? No, they started within one. No, that's not right because this is a uh, European ordering. Uh, they started within three months of each other in 2015. Huh. I was just thinking like Jamie was getting a lot of reps in stardom, you know, because they they right. worked more often than 
Brit probably would have. So that's pretty interesting. Well, I wonder if there's, you know, something to be said for getting a lot of reps in a short period of time and then having time off as compared to, you know, interspersed matches that are less frequent and, mm. uh, you know, maybe you have less time to, you know, take something constructively from each one. Totally just bullshitting here, but I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize they were so similar in that way. I wouldn't have guessed that. Although you kind of like tonight when Jamie was walking out, she like had this change to her hair. And they kind of they zoomed in on her face, of course, as you do when someone's entering. And you kind of forget how young she is, but she has a very young looking face. And it struck me that like, oh, yeah, she's still like quite young and has you know plenty of time uh, to to grow as a wrestler and performer and all that good stuff. She's I mean, she's like 24, 25, 26, 26. Yeah, I was in the in the vicinity. Um, Again, it was hard. You know, because there wasn't a lot I hated on the show. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to do a weird one. I thought also about doing this as my elite pick, but now I'm going to do it as my <laughs> delete pick, which is our good friend, Jim Ross, uh, claiming to be uh, Native American on this show. This was, I think, in the Andrade Cody match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, by the way, I just want everyone to know that I am Native American. Very funny. <laughs> I don't know if um, you want to tackle this. <laughs> I mean, not especially. Well, he, the reason he said it is because he said Indian Deathlock, which is the name of the move. Uh, and then he was concerned that people would get mad at him for not being politically correct. So he's like, I should say Native American Deathlock, but I am one. Um, but apparently he is. Uh, Cherokee, right? Yeah, he's a well, I did a very basic Google and says Jim Ross is a full fledged member of the Cherokee Nation. So it's just like incongruent. It, it just was just like an add on that Jim Ross just being Jim Ross is just trying he to. Did, like, he was he was also on my list of possible deletes because he did have a couple. Yeah, he, you know, more than more than usual number of uh, okay, Jim moments. Yeah, I I know his. Uh, I, I know that his daughter's dispensary has not started, or marijuana farm has not started, but it did kind of sound like he might have been high a little bit on his supply tonight. Uh, the, there's a, a Tulsa World article in which Jim Ross claims to have been one-eighth Cherokee. Um, right. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to speak like a, any sort of authority on this, but... Oh, I'm not either. I, that, just, yeah, I was just uh, that, giving I think that, that information. He, that he's a... Mem considered a member of the tribe is more important than what I think whatever his you know uh biological makeup is but I'm not doing more I'm not doing one drop rule uh I'm not getting this is not, not nasty <laughs> um but you know perhaps more uh more illustrative here the place where I find this our good friends at uh squared circle long time uh listeners um there of course uh, during the latest episode of Grilling JR, Jim Ross talked about the Cleveland Indians name change, and he said, as a Native American, he did not find the term offensive. <laughs> well, thank God. I'm glad, so, <laughs> I'm glad someone from the tribe has spoken. Uh, that's it's a little bit like uh, when Jerry Seinfeld's dentist uh, converts to Judaism so he can start <laughs> telling Jewish jokes. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad I... I I picked that as my delete because that was a great piece of information there from, <laughs> from Squared Circle. 
All right, let's run down uh, the rest of the show. Of course, we talked about Kenny Omega defeating Alan Angels with the V-Trigger. And uh, then he was going to destroy uh, Angels, but Hangman made the save. They did a great little piece of business where Hangman goes for the buckshot lariat, but Kenny gets out of the way. I just make you uh, just wanting to see him get hit with that buckshot lariat so bad. I'm going to jump off my couch when it happens. Well, I, the... His, you know, two little lines there, extremely cool babyface shit, where he's just like, I'm going to be a gentleman. You got 10 days. That's, you know, uh, pitch perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that 10 days line. That was like, all right, like the countdown's on. And, you know, I'm stoked. So, yeah, no, this rock. That's just great pro wrestling. I mean, it, all you want is to see Hangman Page hold that fucking belt up and uh, just greet his adoring fans as the as the world champion man gonna be fun uh we got a malachi black pre-tape he says uh tony khan's decision to bar him from ringside is not going to have an effect because when they assassinated julius caesar it wasn't just marcus who betrayed him yes malachi black i also have listened to the entire history of rome podcast as a (laughs) mid-30s to uh, mid-40s male yeah no i mean (laughs) I haven't. I, I I listened to Jake the Snake's promo when he debuted in this company about Cody being Caesar. Well, yeah. Nate, you haven't had as much time to listen to podcasts now that you're reading so many books. That's right. Yeah, that's but right. Hey. I'm uh, coming up on on six sixth for the year. Wow! There Nate. you go. Yeah, I've and, been and I mean. Oh, Nate, this actually works out for you because also now we're authors. So, you know, you're oh, really right. getting into the craft. Reading and writing. Yeah, I had to study up on my reading to, to really know how to do this, uh, by which I mean authoring this book. I've been uh, reading this book that's set in uh, Ireland. And all I want to do is like uh, at Robert about like things of, that I read in the book. How do you think that is this go? fiction? fiction? It is book? fiction. Yeah, it's like a it's like a detective novel or whatever. Buddy, that's that's all that matters. It's all you need is detective novels. For sure. No, I really like it. It's fun. Uh, you know, I have to I'm mix it up, up sometimes. Uh, let, yeah, let's do book corner. I'm finishing up the okay. third millennium book, the the girl who that oh, series. Oh, sure. Because uh, I, I loved the Fincher movie, uh, but I'd never read the books, so I'm powering through those. Uh, I read uh, Jonathan Ames' detective novel in L.A., um, I read a couple other detective novels, LA detective stories by like trashy TV writers or whatever. Um, I read uh, I read a, a book about a Japanese divorce lawyer who investigates someone who changed their identity. Um, and it, it, I might actually recommend it to you, Aaron. It's pretty. There's all this stuff about the death penalty in it, uh, but it was pretty interesting. Um, all right. And then I I read I think something else. Was that six? Two, three, four, uh, five, close. six, seven. No, I'm finishing my seventh now. But, I mean, and you started late in the year, right? I mean, I this is since October, I think. This is oh, since, since, I, since I got COVID, pretty much. What a reader! Uh, this is uh, in the woods is the name of this book. I mean, also, <laughs> you know, fits for a lot of reasons. Now, uh, is that a is that a Sondheim musical? Into there the is woods song. is the Sondheim into the woods. musical. Yes. Oh. Very Man, close. if I could bring this back to musical chat. <laughs> <laughs> into uh, the woods. Into the woods. <laughs> but it's, I basically, I read a lot of nonfiction or whatever. I just read the the Tim Hornbaker 
uh, book about uh, Death of the Territories. And so then I have this friend who I went to law school with who I text and I'm just like, hey, can you tell me like just some book that won't make me think very much at all? You know, just something fun. And she's like, yeah, here's this like uh, detective novel. It sounds great. So I got that and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So, uh, but yeah, I need some, it, there's a lot of, actually, I mean, this is some real, I hate to bring this up, but I was once nearly canceled for uh, talking about my hatred of Irish Americans on this show around St. Patrick's Day. I'm very anti St. Patrick's Day. Uh, But as I've been reading this book and there's like, you know, the way that they write the dialogue for the Irish people, uh, it hits me, which of course I know this because, you know, I uh, went to school, but it's like, Oh yeah, these are like my people came absolutely came from Ireland to Eastern Kentucky or whatever. Like it's the same fucking people. <laughs> Cumberland Gap, yeah. Yes, they yeah. they talk like you know my fucking uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean my the, the Irish are, are are a downtrodden people. They are. They are. Yeah, it, it's you know it's woke to support the Irish. It is until they become Irish Americans. I think that's exactly. Yeah, there's some thinking. sort of I don't know. It's not the international date line, but there's some kind of international <laughs> annoyance line when you cross over the ocean that way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and a lot of Irish talk for us lately, Nate, because we also <laughs> did a discussion of movies about the IRA on uh, on the yes. Patreon. The Troubles. The Troubles. And then uh, Aaron Taub told me he's reading a book about the Troubles right now. So maybe I'll put that on my list. Uh, I think we've got, I mean, we just, I'm pretty sure booked a Patreon bonus show here. Uh, the Troubles <laughs> Book Corner on Everything Elite. That sounds great. We should we should do a little book corner. I know, uh, Mike, we talked about uh, book club, so you know, maybe we can work all this together into something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Got to be better than talking about a high school band. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did that, too. <laughs> uh, all right. This, the CM Punk thing was next. We've talked about that. Miro had a pre-tape. Uh, he said, uh, God, are you trying to help me or toy with me by putting me in the title race? Do you look down on me in anger or fear? I thought that was a great line. He says, in this tournament, you have something to prove to me, and I have something to prove to her. I will be forgiven. I will be loved. And then you will be forgiven. When he said, I will be loved, I thought of the Maroon 5 song, She Will Be Loved. Sure. I think Miro should just win this tournament. We'll get to the match later. I think you should just win the whole thing. I think someone uh, and... Uh, I didn't. I didn't do the listener delete. So let me tie that all back in. Someone, and I think it should be Chelsea, uh, should um, send this to someone in a hardcore band because this promo could just be the lyrics to a hardcore song. I mean, I can you can hear the breakdown of uh, "I will be forgiven, I will be loved," I mean, or "Do you look down on me in anger or in fear?" I was doing a little breakdown on my on my desk there. My uh, wife's I was asleep. rocking out. She probably I was didn't rocking like out, that. Man. Listener delete. I forgot to do this, uh, but it's Chelsea, and it's Chelsea's birthday. Happy birthday, Chelsea! My present to you, this content, and uh, you're the listener delete for the week. And Chelsea's delete was the flailing of a poorly planned slow motion brawl, and we had a couple of those. She was referring to the early one in the show, but she came back later and doubled down uh, on hmm. the second 
uh, poorly planned brawl we had on the show. I did see that, and I wasn't sure what she meant, and then it just dawned. Probably the, the super click in Jurassic Express one, right? Yes. Probably. Yes, which we're coming up yeah, to that, right now. Right. That kind of seemed flat for whatever reason. Tell us how it went, Aaron. Aaron, you're muted, right? I'm muted, but I was doing my hands, so you knew I was talking. So, super click. We got them backstage. Uh, they're saying, hey, what happened last week? That's not going to happen again. Uh, we're tough guys. We're not afraid of anyone. We never back down from a fight. Christian interrupts. Uh, they say, hey, don't fuck with us. There's three of us. There's one of you, blah, blah, blah. Luchasaurus interrupts. They beg off from that. And then, psych, they attack. Uh, Christian and Luchasaurus fight them into the arena. A lot of references to the uh, backlot brawl on this on this program recently. And then Jungle Boy is out of nowhere. He does a flip. He takes out some folks. Christian does a spear on the stage. Christian goes for a kill switch. But Nick super kicks him. A bunch of other stuff happens. Then Adam Cole gets concertoed on the stage. Uh, this, I mean, obviously, as we talked about, there was a lot of stuff that was probably not supposed to be on the show. They ended up being on the show because they had to move stuff around. This felt 100% like they talked it out you know, 10 minutes before it happened. And uh, yeah, it just, it was very weird. Did this weirdly was like only four or five minutes, but it felt like 15. It just felt like it went on for a long time. Uh, I, I did like another great camera shot, uh, Jungle Boy out of nowhere with the Tope Conalo off the stage was pretty sick. But yeah, the, like my biggest takeaway from this before the Tope Conalo was Alex Marvez like standing bewildered trying to get out of there, just going, basically being the living equivalent of the emoji. And I made a face that y'all can hear, but it's the <laughs> emoji. Y'all can interpret. No, uh, the sound. The sound made it work. Yeah. 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 There we go. In the, uh, in the Discord, yeah, this, it's grimacing uh, is how you uh, pull that up in Discord if you're wondering. Well, I grimaced. The, Marvez should have done what Cutler did, except that Cutler was already doing it. Cutler crawled on the boxes to like scramble away. So Marvez just kind of had to stand there and look weird. Um, but yeah, most of this, That's like, what his whole job, get... Nate. He just stands there and looks <laughs> weird. That's my joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of um, this didn't get any reactions, even though you've got like Adam Cole, who's like your biggest star. Uh, and I don't know why it didn't really. Um, except that I think this was Christian's quote unquote big return from him taking the Meltzer driver on the outside. Right. And he had like a, his neck was hurt in that match. And then he was taken out of the match and disappeared. Right. And this was like his big return. And it just didn't, it didn't feel like the crowd cared at all. I know I didn't, but that's nothing new. Uh, we got a little, a uh, hype video for the Ruby Soho Chris Statlander match that is impending in the TBS title tournament. Uh, you know, they did a couple of these and they're all like fine, except there's just no real, ah, there's just not really anything there for these matches, like to really sink your teeth into. It's just like, okay, well, here's this match, which is better than nothing that they're doing yeah. the, the videos. But I appreciate the the effort of, the time in the videos at least so maybe that you know there will be something when we get to get to the matches i, yeah. I gotta double back on because uh andrew in the chat said that he liked the concerto spot in that brawl 
Did they stop doing the two-man concerto because it was too easy to brain somebody? Is that why? Because it looks so much better. They, uh, they, I've not seen a two-man concerto probably in 15 years. Yeah. Like, but it was way cooler. Well, yeah. I mean, you have two people headshotting each other. I mean, <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? I mean, the idea is the same, right? Is that you, you hit the chairs and you don't hit the guy's head. And that's right, the same yeah. thing he does with a lying down. I guess it's just the execution is too hard to get two people. Right, hitting yeah, the chairs it's timing. exactly. It's yeah, timing because okay. if you if you miss it, then you actually do headshot people. Right, I guess I guess I understand, but it was. That's another thing that wokes took away from us guys. You can't even make jokes about women taking on five guys at the same time anymore. Triple <laughs> uh, A tag titles: FTR versus Aerostar and Samurai del Sol. A hair pinned Aerostar with a roll up and grabbing the ropes. I thought the Luchadors worked really hard here to try and show out and have a great match. Um, and they had a lot of cool spots, and I think they pretty much succeeded in having an exciting match that furthered everybody's uh, uh, goals here. You know, FDR uh, actually looks like old-school Southern Brawlers here when they're in the ring with two Luchadors who are smaller than them flying all over the place. Um, and the Luchadors, I think, got enough cool spots in that people will be excited to see them if they get another shot. Uh, and you know, you get a little heel finish where it's like, yeah, they beat the AAA Luchador team, but they had to pull the tights and use the ropes and all this stuff. So I thought this was, uh, this also exceeded my expectations and was, uh, kind of a nice little treat. It was nice seeing Samurai Del Sol. He, after he was let go by WWE, he, it looked like he was going to go into like Triller and boxing. So it looked like that he might not be back into wrestling. So it was, uh. Cool to see him. We did get the modern Aerostar experience, so like that happened. But yeah, no, this was a pretty interesting and fun match. I I liked the like I I think Aaron, we were talking about this. We're like, is this going to be like too like just uh, are we just going to get like people under masks and they're going to be faking it again? Like how they got the title belts and they're just going to beat the crap out of people? No, we got we got Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol, and you know I hope we. Get to see uh, Samurai Dussel more. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see Aerostar back in on American television. Yeah, I don't know. The Jericho, the, I don't know if he's going to be having Samurai Dussel back in the locker room. I don't know if you guys are yeah, seeing Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's something that's that's Very live weird. happening. L- live fire is happening right now on Twitter. Yeah, he's blow, <laughs> blowing up uh, Aerostar, uh, Samurai Dussel's tweet because he spelled John Huber's name wrong and he put an H in it. Like every other John is spelled. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem like enough to warrant going after the guy. But hey, I don't know. Maybe it was important to John Huber. I um, really liked this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of people uh, were, you know, going at my man, Aerostar, uh, who I've loved, you know, my entire life. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. He like <laughs> did six spots. Uh, I, fuck. I, don't, I thought he was cool. I and- thought it was fun. Oh, and he wanged fun. his leg on the gate, yeah. and he was doing him with a limp half the time. Yeah, so I mean, when people were it's, like, "Oh, he kind of he sucked toward the end," it's like, "Well, yeah, he fucked up his leg." I thought he still was cool. Like, I don't know. I I want to see guys do stuff where they almost die, uh, and he did that. I mean, it's the air experience. It's the air cool. experience. Like he, he uh, like he will go for stuff. Sometimes it'll work for him. Sometimes it won't. Like there was that one dive that he was not caught whatsoever. Also earlier in that match, I was like, oh, we're getting the Aerostar experience there. And, you know, he has the cool LED mask. I was sad he didn't have the flamethrower to come out with. I was hoping for that. 
but you know it, it was neat like, like it was nice actually like having like lucha stars here you know and and, and it, it was tight and he, you mean ftr right right yes yeah. of course <laughs> i mean they're lucha levens Legend i like son. i like almost grinned that they had the uh mexican and american flag knee pads i thought that was that was pretty cute i think this is my favorite thing that fdr has done to oh, this point sure. i mean you know it's been like two weeks so it could turn into a disaster but yeah you know much better than them kidnapping marco stunt or whatever the fuck. i'm like i have no memory and i'm a i'm a uh, prisoner of the moment but i want to say this was my favorite ftr match maybe ever <laughs> just like i don't know it was fast and fun and there were big spots that was cool i liked it now, when they do bring in, I don't know if this is the direction they go in, but of course, a ton of tremendous luchadors now uh, between AAA, between all the luchadors that got visas through the, the luchador convention dealie, uh, and then all the great luchadors that Ring of Honor just released. Uh, so, you know, the logical storyline here is some other luchadors come in and take these belts off of FTR. Um, if not, If not Phoenix and Pentagon, then some other luchadors. The way they should do it is FDR thinks they're being set up with another cupcake tag team or something. And then you send some luchadors out in that same fake lucha gear that FDR wrestled in. Uh, and then they get their masks dramatically pulled off, but they have their real lucha masks underneath the fake lucha masks. And it's like, you know, Dragon Lee and Andrelistico or whatever. Uh, and then they do sick lucha shit and win. That would be very funny to me. I said on light that I thought they would go more of that way here and i said on light they should do minis in this role i thought, ah. thought that would have been funny you could have now that i think about it you could have even put them in like pinta and phoenix masks i think you know it's like extremely little... attitude era yeah it definitely just reminded me of like the bret hart thing <laughs> in attitude era uh but yeah i thought I'm that just... would be that would have been funny have they ever done uh, a reveal where one luchador pretends to be another luchador, so it's a mask ripoff to reveal just a different mask? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope so. Because that, that amuses me. <laughs> hey, man, I was trying to get uh, Darby to wear a Darby mask. and didn't... I guess kind of the problem is the crowd. Unless it's Rey Mysterio's mask, <laughs> the crowd isn't going to go, ah! <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a little tough. But yeah. Okay, uh, then I guess there were actually three of these in a way. Only two of them were videos, but we have uh, Tony backstage giving Sheeta uh, the trophy for winning 50 matches. Nyla and Vicky interrupt, and Nyla reminds her that they're going to be wrestling next in the TBS tournament, but not next like on this show, which was kind of confusing, but next in the tournament. Uh, then we got the inner circle in ring this was the part where they were going to pick the american top team members american top team interrupted dane lambert gave them an open contract he runs down their whole crew they got two bellator guys who were undefeated in bellator to match up with uh jake hager uh they start out the inner circle starts out by picking junior dos santos and andre arlovsky uh jake hager calls junior dos santos popeye and somehow sounds racist doing it i'm not really sure how that <laughs> how that happened but i was like uh, was that racist not sure. Uh, Lambert is mad about uh, what Jericho said about Paige Van Zant uh, last time around. So her husband is there. and He wants to get in this match. Uh, but Paige takes the mic and says she wants to be in the match. She's free on uh, whatever day full gear is. Obviously, I don't know because I uh, fucked that up uh, with travel plans. Uh, so she wants to be in the match. But the big swerve. 
is that the inner circle picks Dan Lambert as the fifth guy in the match. Got him. Got his ass. Got his ass. Big time. Look what he got himself into. Yeah. Um, you know, this was pretty hot. <laughs> Dan Lambert gets great reactions now, and him reacting to his reactions is a delight to me. Him getting mad and frothing and, and hopping around and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was all good. And, you know, now the baby faces are going to get their comeuppance on the guy who all the heat is really on, Dan Lambert, instead of, you know, uh, fifth string MMA guy. So, yeah. Yes, that's good. I mean, basically, there were some rough parts in this whole build and even in this segment, but it gets where you want it to get. And Lambert gets good reactions. I'm generally in favor of the story generally. I said generally twice in that sentence. Uh, My only thing about it and somebody mentioned this in the discord is that like Paige Van Zant is the baby face <laughs> in the story <laughs> like there's like this whole weird dynamic between her and Jericho that's like I don't know creepy and you kind of want to see like uh, I want to see Paige Van Zant like beat up Chris Jericho is well, really like what I want to see well sure yes I mean that that I want to see Paige Van Zant do more yes um, but you know, Jericho made his name being a misogynistic babyface. That's his whole career, right? Uh, so I don't. It it doesn't make him the heel, really. Uh, if I have a complaint about this, it's that he didn't actually write a misogynistic babyface joke here. Paige Van Zant set up the joke, and it's like, hey, I'll take on all five of you. And Chris Jericho did not have a joke. Just said, there's a joke there. And that was like, there's, he just didn't deliver in the spot. So that was the problem. I mean, <laughs> would it have been problematic and offensive? Yes, probably. Um, so should he not have done it? Probably. But why set it up and then not do it? <laughs> the, the thing about being problematic and offensive is if you are legitimately funny <laughs> with, with whatever you say that is problematic and offensive – you can usually get by with it. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's a little, you know, he's like, except for, you know, whenever he does anything, there's a million tweets about him being at the Capitol riots or whatever. Sure. Um, but he's kind of Teflon beyond that, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> donated all this money to Trump and his less shithead and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He would have been able to get away with it. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I don't, they, they should have a Paige Van Zant match at this pay per view. I mean, she already said she's free, you know, for the show. Uh, I'd like to see her in the ring. She should fight Cody and he can finally <laughs> job to a box. <laughs> they should just, I mean, not to be, not to be Mike or me on previous shows, but they just set up a trios match or something where, you know, she can be hidden a little bit and have some fun. Or I, just I, let her punch Jericho in the face. I mean, uh, come yeah, on. that's fine too. I just, yeah. I, I feel like we're going to see Paige Van Zandt wrestle. It feels like that's coming. So that's exciting. All right, uh, they did the the part here with uh, Batshadel and Moriarty and Dante and LBO Leo. Uh, looks like that's going to lead to a tag match. Jamie Hayter and Anna J. Jamie won with a short arm lariat after some Brit interference. Uh, then we had the post-match beatdown, tie saves, Rosa saves. Okay, friend of mine, Rob, uh, I was talking on light this morning, like the Thunder Rosa thing is weird to me. The whole TBS thing is weird to me because the obvious match is Rosa versus Brit. So how do you get there if Rosa wins this 
tournament. And uh, my friend Rob texts me and he says, well, you have Jamie, uh, Britt helps. So Rosa wins the tournament. Britt helps Jamie Hayter beat Rosa for the title. You got a little gimmick where they have both of the titles for some period of time. You know, Jamie and Britt. That's fun. And Rosa can flip to going after Britt for the uh, AW women's title because she's pissed about this whole thing where Britt helped Jamie beat Rosa. I I thought that is an interesting idea. If you still want to, if you still want Rosa to win the tournament and have a match with Britt for the title, any thoughts? It makes sense with me. I mean, it does seem like that, like with Rosa in the tournament, if she wins it, like as we were saying before, but getting her eliminated, especially in this manner, especially the, the fact that, we, when we're talking about this on light, like, yeah, no, this is the Thunder Rosa region. So the winner got the face. Uh, so Jimmy Hayer's facing her in the next round. It lines up. It makes sense to me. Uh, we had Jade Cargill, Smart Mark, Sterling backstage. They don't care who wins in the Bunny versus Red Velvet match. Uh, Jade says it's going to be short and sweet regardless. Just like Red Velvet, short and sweet. She does the little cooking gimmick. She stirs it up, Aaron. Come on. Yeah. Cake. Red velvet cake. Yeah. She's yeah. also short. But, yeah. That's the gimmick. Yeah. She stirs it up. She's straight from her mama's kitchen. That's right. She stirs it up. I didn't know what you said. Yeah. I was, but, uh, I was like, what? <laughs> she stirs, she it. stirs it up? What? No. no stirs, stirs it, it up. up. Yeah. yeah. All right. MJF Darby thing was here. Uh, Andrade versus Cody. Andrade won with El Idolo after FTR interference. Post-match attack, Arn and Tully, Lucha Bros come out. Uh, John Silver is in the ring with Tony. This was definitely thrown on to this show yep. uh, to, to fill some time. Uh, but it was good. So he says, oh, it was great. It's not John Silver versus Adam Cole. It's John Silver versus Budge. He's mad that Adam Cole won't well, take his advice, so he's going to kick some Budge ass. So this is the first time in a long time I feel like we've had a BTE storyline come to television. So uh, if you've been listening to the Patreon... And, you know, I don't know, <laughs> a year and a half of me fucking recapping BTE for no reason. <laughs> it finally paid off here with this 30 second John Silver promo. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a, a sloppy budge sign perfectly framed in the background with the crowd. Uh, I thought, I mean, this, this is John Silver. This is pure unadulterated John Silver. Uh, and he brings the energy and he brings John Silver every time. Uh, and I thought it was great to hype this matchup for John Silver versus Budge, because uh, the guy still he he's got a he's got something, yeah he's got that special something that's just unequivocally and and is nobody else's but his, uh, and the crowd likes it because how can you not? Yeah, I mean Budge is over. Budge is over. The crowd that they were not synced up with John Silver on the budge, but that means right. we got two budges back to back. So yeah, no, really was, oh, we need to have something here because of plans, but it rocked. And, you know, uh, Tony Schiavone at the same time was kind of looking like, what am I doing here? Which made it even better. It was weird. Tony Schiavone did not want to say kick Adam Cole's ass, even though they swear on this show constantly. And like five minutes, I don't know, later he called, uh mjf a shithead on mike so it's like okay you don't want to say ass but you'll just call him a shithead 
Okay, did we ever find out if Tony said fuck on TV last week? Because it really, it really felt like he did. I... What? Was I on the show last week? Yeah, I was. I don't remember this. Yeah, so... I forget exactly what it was, but there was definitely a moment where it was like, did he just say fuck? And I'm pretty sure he did, but nobody ever mentioned it, so... I don't know. I guess nobody even remembers it now, so... Did not ping me at all. Maybe I made it up. There was a Bunny Red Velvet hype video. Uh, Brian Danielson came out for commentary for the main event, and uh, Miro defeated Orange Cassidy with Game Over. Brian and Miro faced off. Brian tried to shake hands with him. Miro declined. Pretty great table spot in this match. Absolutely. Yeah. This match rocked. Like, this was... Yeah, it was a great match. Like, Miro should win the tournament now. Like, he comes in here, and I'm stoked to see now the American Dragon versus Miro. You know, like, we've seen that a lot in WWE, but now we get to see this now at full gear with, like, this new, like, like aspect Brian Danielson taking it back to 2006. And I think that these two guys will have, like, really awesome match on full gear. It actually might, might now be my most anticipated match on the show. Actually, not sure we... I think uh, TJ Hawk said they've never had a singles match. Really? I thought they did. Let me go on cage match. Okay. Sorry. Okay, they did Money in the Bank qualifying uh, SmackDown Live. I think they've had one. Wow, TJ Hawk. Come on, bud. Call you go, out. Going to too many Nets games lately. Why don't you focus <laughs> on, on wrestling, on cage match? That's, I mean, entirely possible that I'm just misremembering and somebody else brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's bury TJ. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Dynamite. If you like our show, as I said earlier, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, Nate recaps BTE every week for some reason for the last year and a half, as he just told us. <laughs> yeah, no idea why. <laughs> why do we do anything, Nate? Uh, Mike and I preview Dynamite. We talk about Dark and Elevation and Road 2 over there every Wednesday morning. That's where Nate also does his BTE recaps. We do a Rampage review show each weekend called World Tour. Uh, and this month is a big month because, of course, it's Full Gear Month. So we break out lots of stuff uh, for the pay-per-views. We'll do a retrospective talking about last year's full gear. We'll do a preview of this year's full gear. We'll do an instant reaction immediately after full gear. We'll be talking about, uh, presumably, uh, Adam Page's big world championship win. So that should be exciting. So it's full gear month. Great time to subscribe. So sign up. There's three levels. It's all, you know, it's spelled out there on the on the page. The $5 level in the middle gets you all the audio. Uh, the $8 level gets you the live weekly show. So we record these every Wednesday night after Dynamite. You can listen live and get the YouTube replay uh, for the rest of your fucking life. Anytime you want to go listen to it, it'll be there. So, And we have a Discord. So join that. Uh, that's all at patreon.com slash everything elite rampage this weekend which uh, mike and i will be talking about on world tour this weekend has it's in st louis it's live and we're gonna have a cm punk eddie kingston face to face bunny versus red velvet 
and the Battle of the Budge. John Silver versus Adam Cole. Presumably one more match, but hasn't been announced. Yeah, hey, I I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do for that. I mean, since now they're... Sorry, is it... Well, we had a pause there, and it got to a point where I felt well, like I needed... Not, not a thing to say. I mean, we yeah. have matches. Nobody, it's fine. Nobody cares about, uh, about Rampage, so... I, I mean, we we just talked about the Battle of the Budge. We did. Yeah, you're right. What what is there to say? We've talked about everything else too, basically. Uh, just a reminder before we get out of here that uh, this and our next show will be our last two shows on the VOW network. So if you subscribe to the VOW network feed, you're going to need to pop over to our individual feed and subscribe to that to keep getting our shows after the next two. So the the show immediately after Full Gear. It's going to be the first one you can only get on our individual feed. So make sure you're signed up for that. Uh, I'll keep reminding you for the next couple of weeks. So uh, don't worry. This is going to be like when uh, when Raw went to TNN and USA kept trying to bleep out their references to going <laughs> off USA Network. Like, check us out next week on TNN. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's a lot like that, folks. So if that was bleeped out, uh, you know, check our Twitter the links in the bio oh there you go links in bio as usual and subscribe to our youtube because we're going to be putting more stuff up there so check it out um find us on twitter at everything aew i'm at aaron like the car it's at epitasis mike's at fuji hey uh subscribe very much a lot rate and review <laughs> patreon.com slash everything elite mybookie.com promo code elite uh, yeah, have you been waiting to leave us a nice uh, Apple Podcast iTunes review? This would be a great time to do it on our specific feed. Or actually, even better, wait two weeks and then leave us a nice five-star review on our specific feed about how we're nice, cute, sweet boys who do such a nice job uh, talking about everybody's favorite wrestling promotion and how you know we're infallible and everything we say is lovable and correct and you know uh, you trust us with your lives. That'd be a great time to do it, uh, you know, just so, you know, we don't evaporate into the ether when we leave the VOW network. Make sure you say we're cute. That's probably the most important part of that. Five stars and cute. All right. Everybody agrees. Okay. For Mike, for Nate, we're cute. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. (laughs)